Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in He's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Welcome, everybody. We are back right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This is your boy Derek Oakery uh, coming to you live and solo today. You know we've been doing some more solo shows here on the Kool-Aid cast. I got no Grifka to get in my way today, but I think you're going to like this show. This is going to be a really different show. And the reason it's going to be different is because me and Grifka are going to be doing a little social distancing virtual arguments this week. I'm coming to you solo on Wednesday. I'm going to come strong with some topics, some hot takes, some arguments, some over-unders, some opinions, and then I'm going to see what Grifsky has on Friday because he's going to listen to this show and then he's going to have to give his opinions. He's going to have to somehow prove me wrong, which you know he never does on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. You know that he's going to have to uh, probably agree with me on every other thing because that's what he does on the show. And then obviously I got to hit him up with one of these. You know what that is. That's that Grifka bell. You might be hearing that. You might be hearing some other sound drops. I'm going to see what I can do today. But like I say, this should be a different show. It should be fun. I told Grifka, don't bring any of that weak sauce. Don't be wasting everybody's time with all your gimmicks that you say every day. We're talking Lions football. And we'll probably put it out on Twitter. You can get at me, at Derek Oakry. D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Really appreciate and enjoy interacting with the fans. Unlike my counterpart, who never is on there ever unless I bug him. And then he either puts something on, then I, I make fun of him as part of the thing we do on the show. He gets mad. We argue on Twitter for a while, and then we come back on the show and laugh because we're good buddies. So that's usually how it goes. Today, I mean... Like I say, we may put it out on Twitter, Team Oakry, Team Grifka, who who won the battle uh, of this virtual, basically, uh, rap battle slash debate slash smack off that we're going to have here today. Um, we'll, we'll see what Grifka has. Maybe, maybe he's got something tucked away. Maybe he can actually uh, compete with me in something because, uh, you know, I whooped him up in washers. You know, I beat him in any other competition. My draft knowledge is obviously superior. That's been proven uh, time and time again. 
But uh, enough about that. Let, let's get into these topics again. We don't mess around here on the show. Everybody knows that that listens. Let, let, let's talk right off the top about Jared Davis. It came out that the Detroit Lions were not going to pick up the fifth-year option of the uh, linebacker. I believe he's taking 20th, 21st overall, whatever that is, uh, in his draft class. You know, took him. Uh, really good tape out of Florida, run and hit, big physical guy, seemed to have the uh, the build and the ability that they were looking for. Um, came in here, thought he'd be the captain of the defense, you know, at first year, saw some flashes, then you started to see some issues with his game. You know, a lot of times people would just beat him up for his coverage or beat him up for his shortcomings, not realize when he's uh, got home quite a bit the last couple of years on, on sacks and blitzes, and he's actually turned the football over a little bit. So uh, my question to Grifka, and I we already know because me and him already got a Twitter beef about this, he Grifka's like happy that our number 20, 21st overall pick isn't working out and that they're not picking up the option and that he might not be on this football team. I got major issues with that because that hurts the team. Grifka's all happy because he says that he knew right away Jared Davis wouldn't be good. I, if you go back and rewind the tape, I mean, every time Jared Davis plays good, Grifka's happy and doesn't mention it. And then every time he makes a mistake here or there, he make, goes on a diatribe on the show and we have a 30-minute argument about it i mean that's what this guy does he he tells you it's a great draft pick he for the first year or so he hangs in there the second year he 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 gets on the fence he straddles the fence which you know he's been known to do on the show and then and then when he uh, starts not playing pro bowl hall of fame football griffco rides it like it's the end of his uh, you know his uh (laughs) biggest pet peeve of his life that he's gonna get this guy out of town i mean uh, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I don't understand the hate. I don't understand Griff because, you know, absolute enjoyment of guys that don't work out for the Detroit Lions. He gets joy out of it. He also likes to tell you guys, the listeners, oh, man, I knew it all along. I mean, this guy can't play football. I mean, I, I told you Oakley wouldn't listen to me. Yeah, I won't listen to you because you do this every time. You like it. You wait it out. And if the guy doesn't perform at an optimal high level that your standard is that you start riding him until you ride him out of town and then you're excited because like oh look at me i was right it's like yeah look at our team just lost another draft pick i bet you're happy grifka with all that being said when it comes down to jared davis i'm on board of not picking up this fifth year option i don't think he's played up to that level as 10 million dollars I don't think he's uh, worth that when you're looking at other linebackers in the league. Now, they did just hand Jamie Collins three years, $30 million, $10 million per year. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, that seems pretty crazy to me. But, I mean, like I say, you can't have another guy making that kind of money and and not having that type of production. But we don't know what he's going to do in 2020. They could put him in a new role. He could sack the quarterback. He could, uh, everything could click. You don't know. But if I got to make the decision right now, yeah, I'm not picking up the fifth-year option. But I'm going to crush Grifka on this show, on Twitter, wherever he's at all the time when he finds enjoyment out of Lions players that don't play well. When he tries to tell you, I told you so. When he didn't tell you anything until everybody else and their brother knew it. Like, Grifka acts like he has this... uh, you know, incredible epiphany. Oh, Jared Davis can't cover. Oh yeah. Anybody else with two eyes hasn't been able to see that for the last couple of years. The only problem with Griff, cause he can't see the things that he does do well. He thinks he, he thinks he, uh, just smartens you guys up by telling you these obvious things or saying, uh, th- these 
gosh, it just drives me nuts. As you could tell, like, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like Grifka says, oh, Okri, you never point out the warts. And I just yell back at him. You never see anything good. I mean, the guy's got to be in a, in a gold jacket before you can even give him any credit for anything. I mean, I think I've been pretty open on this show. I support the guy because I want him to be good on our team. I realize he's got some coverage issues, but I also see him blitzing the quarterback, fumble, getting fumbles. I see him making tackles in the hole when he reads it right, which isn't always all the time. That's why I stand up for the guy, and I want him to be good because he's still, what, 24, 25 years old. He's 240-some pounds. He's a big physical beast. He's a leader in the locker room, all that stuff. So, Grifka, I've yelled at you. I've called you out, but I'm also agreeing with you, which is, again, a rarity. Yeah, they shouldn't have picked up the option, but I sure hope Jared Davis balls out in 2020 and is a really good football player. One, so it helps the Lions. And two, so you can shove it up your keister because you just drive me nuts on this show, acting like you know everything about football and then acting like, oh, man, I'm, I'm excited the guy didn't do well so I can come on the Kool-Aid cast and complain and be that SOL Lions fan instead of being pissed off that our first-round pick didn't work and, and we lost out another player again that we had a high investment in. <sighs> All right, I'm done with that. That was my first rant off the top. The next thing we got to talk about is the schedule release that happens on Thursday. This is normally me and Grifka's, one of our favorite uh, events of the year. We love breaking down the schedule. I love doing the uh, prediction show where me and Grifka always have us at 10, 11, maybe 12 W's. Why? Because this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And this is, well, I'll speak for me. This is what I do on a daily basis when it comes to Detroit Lions. Drink it in, <laughs> I mean, serving up a hot bread right out of the oven of that crackling cornbread. Cornbread! I mean, you've got to drink it in. Drink it in, man. Now, Grifka, I, I, he pretends he does this. He does this in the off season when, you know, everything is, is flowers and roses. I mean, until something goes wrong, the minute, you know, it's probably the sixth play of the game in the first quarter, something goes wrong and Grifka quits on the team. I mean, this has been known. I've called him out on the show. Grifka's pattern. He... He complains at the end of the year and says how bad the year was and how this team's not good enough. By the time the draft rolls around, he pretends he's a draft expert, which everybody knows is absolute, uh, just absolute drivel and, and garbage. Uh, then the draft ends. He usually says, oh, yeah, I like the draft overall, unless they draft a tight end, and then he just hates it. doesn't matter who it is or where it was. He just can't stand it. But usually after the draft, he's pretty uh, optimistic. You know, I hey, think we're going to be better. Then we get into time after the draft or free agency. You know, he's on board. We do the prediction show. He's got us in the playoffs. And then... The sky falls. The minute something goes wrong, he starts breaking coffee tables. He starts telling you how bad this team is. How, and then he goes into the old "woe is me." I mean, gosh, do I have the music? This is this is Grifka. The minute something goes wrong with the Detroit Lions, I mean, break out the sad music. Oh, poor me. I've I've never seen winning football. Oh, I've been a Lions fan for so long. Okri, you don't understand my fandom. Grifka, I yell at you because you sound like a sap freaking loser when you 
do that garbage. Okay, this team hasn't won for you or anybody in Detroit in a long time. Nobody wants to hear it because none of that crap matters for what we're headed to in 2020. We're going to take down your music. We're going to change your opinions because nobody wants to hear about how long you've been a fan, how many times they've lost in the fourth quarter, how sad you are about everything, how I've seen it before, same old lions, all that crap you say on the show. That's that's not Kool-Aid drinker worthy, but it's you. And and like I say, the people know you by now. They know your gimmick. You you're optimistic until one thing goes wrong, then you quit on the team and then I got to listen to you all year long, try to say I told you so, try to tell you how bad this team is so let me get back to the schedule release on thursday it's going to come out there's going to be a full schedule like there's nothing going on in this world right now which we know is all crazy they're going to act like oh yeah we'll just start up in august and you know uh, get get games going you know we'll probably have some preseason get some games going in september just same old same old i don't see it happening i feel like you know there's going to be either no fans there might be limited fans I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't see the schedule going off the way it's supposed to. I mean, again, knowing how negative Grifka is most of the time, I guarantee you he's going to have the same take. He's not going to think things are going to go perfectly well. That's for damn sure. But I'm here to talk about the over-under. Vegas has the Lions at 6.5 Ws, 6 and a hook, 6 and a half wins for the Detroit Lions in 2020. Are you kidding me, Vegas? Get the hell out of here. This is like everybody else that saw the Lions win uh, you know, three games and a tie or whatever. Who cares what it was in 2019? We were injured. There was tons of issues all over the place. Uh, this team's now winning less than six ball games or even six ball games. They're, they're, they're gonna, that's an easy one to take to the window. I mean, seven's a disappointment. Eight, you know, would be like, eh. Nine is kind of the floor for me of what they should get with this talent and with this quarterback and with these offensive players that we have. I mean, we're looking at nine, ten wins. I mean, 11 might be pushing it, but nine, ten is is where we're at. Not six and a half, not six, not not even seven. That That's just ridiculous. That's, that's the old... NFL bias, you know, you don't have a star on your helmet. Hold on, let me get the Griff Cabell out. I'm going to do one of his gimmicks. Just because we don't have the star on our helmet, just because we're not the New England Patriots of old, not because we're the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers, probably be one of the NFL's favorites. Oh, man, and we're going to probably put the Giants at, what, eight, nine wins. You know, you, obviously the Green Bay Packers uh, called up the league and, and said, hey, I, I kind of heard we might have to go overseas this year. How about you just cancel those overseas games so we don't have to do that? I mean... The, the Lions aren't any of the big market teams, but they got more talent, more hungry, and more dogs than most other teams. So I see a big turnaround. I'm putting my floor at 9-10 wins. I'm sure Griffco will give you the old sad story. You can pull out the music again, but I'll be curious what his take is on that. Um, definitely going over. Definitely think this team has a bounce back. Love their draft. Um, intrigued by the free agency, you know, not not fully sure, but like I say, that's the fun part is you can kind of project forward of what these guys might be instead of wait and see. Good old waffle maker there on the other end on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what's what's gonna happen instead of what already happened. Tell the people some incredible prediction you're gonna have instead of waiting until the sky turns blue to look up and go, hey. 
What a beautiful blue sky we have. Nobody's impressed by by your stupid Friday weather report and any of that garbage. So hopefully you guys know and hopefully Grifka knows that I'm having fun with this show. As you can tell, I'm sure he's already like annoyed with me and mad with me. I'm, I swear after half our shows, we got to talk where me and Grifka, he's, he's mad at me for something I said. It's like, come on, man. We're just having fun on the show. Anyway, back to football. Grifka. Waffle maker, you on the other end. I know you hear me. Um, we're talking. Let, let me just talk a little bit more about NFL 2020, and then I got to take a break before I get to my final topics for the show. Gosh, the NFL in 2020, we know the landscape's going to be weird. You know, will will a change setup help or hurt the Lions? I mean, I think. If there's less fans, going to make road games, you know, more palatable for teams. I, I feel like we do have a good home crowd when we're winning and we're healthy and we're playing good football, but when we're not, Ford Field is an absolute tire fire of a venue. Like, you can hear a pin drop. Half the time, it's half empty. You know, like I've always said, Detroit fans are great fans. We're one of the greatest sports cities in the country, except for when we're not winning. And then, and then we're one of the most bandwagon sports fans i i feel like oh man the tigers are winning everybody's flooding the same oh that's the sport we shall not speak of let me give another example the pistons go on that run in 04 had that run for those few years man you can't get a ticket to the palace the minute they stop uh winning championships and have a little bit of a downturn ghost town out there in auburn hills and now in downtown detroit uh same with the red wings i mean they're they're in the playoffs for 20 years then then they start to lose next thing you know man nobody's going to the joe nobody's going to little caesar's arena to watch that hockey team i mean this is grifka style thinking right here this is oh man like when they're good i'm gonna pretend like i've been a fan all along or i've been positive all along the minute they're bad and people start saying they're bad and it's somewhat obvious they're bad I'll just rag on them too because that's the kind of fan I am. Instead of people like me who like when they're good, I'm excited, I'm a fan, I've been ha- I'm happy, I'm going to tell people, but I'm not going to cower when they're not bad. I'm not going to sit here and do the woe is me and not going to sit here and, and apologize for it or pretend, "Oh, yeah, you know, same old line. You know the lines. They can't get anything right." You're not going to hear me say that because I'm a true fan, win, lose, draw. Or tie? Am I going to get frustrated at times? Am I going to call out the obvious when we're playing bad football or when something really ridiculous happens? Of course, but I'm going to be the fan, and I think lots of One Pride Lions fans out there like to talk and be around the fans that love this team, win, lose, or draw. Love this team, no matter how long it's been since they won a playoff game. Love this team based on... Uh, you know, the team itself instead of the names on the back of the jerseys. Like, that's what it's about. So, Grifka, I don't even know if this is a, this isn't even really a, an argument, but this is more me saying, like, 2020 is a year where the Lions should be able to capitalize if there's crazy rules with only half-filled stadiums or nobody in the stadiums for the beginning of the games. I mean, that at least maybe save me from having to listen to you complain at the one or two games that we attend each year where you're all fired up at the tailgate, and then you get in there, and then you're like, oh, man, it's going to be a good game. we got to get this one, Oakry. The minute we, like, get a third and eight. We can't complete it. Man, this team's terrible, man. Oakry, this, this team's no good. I got to listen to that for three and a half more quarters instead of getting to enjoy the game that I paid a bunch of dough for. Uh, oh, man, I, I I think the NFL 2020, to be honest, my, my argument on this uh, would be that, I mean, 
there's going to be so many things talked about, but I'm getting to the point with this whole situation in our world and COVID-19, all the stuff that I feel like by the time we get to late July, August, September, October, whatever it may be, I mean, I can't see this thing going much farther than like September, October, November at the latest. I mean, I feel like people going to have to get back to living their lives. You may have to protect yourself with masks, gloves, whatever it may be, but I see things going off decently well. We saw what happened with the NFL draft where there was all types of craziness and thoughts about that. And it went off without a hitch. I mean, I I feel like they're going to find a way to play football. If we got to watch it from home, I got no big issues with that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to get X amount of fans in these stadiums and still have relatively similar football to what we're used to on a normal schedule. Now, I don't know about college ball because you've got the whole university issue where how are you going to let them play college football when you won't let college students on a campus? But like I say, man, we just got to get through this. I I feel like more optimistic that it's going to kind of blow through here before you know it. And people are going to be like going out there. We've already heard tons of cases where people are get it and then they're fine. You know, they don't pass away. It's like, I'm not trying to put any, you know, less significance on people that know have people in their family that have passed away from this disease. Like I feel horrible about that, but I'm just saying that it's not a hundred percent, you know, you, you get it. And by Thursday you're gone type of thing. You know, you got to be precaution with the older folk as well as, you know, just there's been, you know, celebrities and people and sports people that have had it, you know, they, got through it fine they're back to full health so i feel like we have to take those examples as well and sort of say like this isn't just hey the minute you get it you keel over like so i'm hoping that life can get back to normal nfl 2020 i hope is normal um again this isn't much of an argument on this one grifka other than do you think we're gonna have an nfl season do you think it's gonna be somewhat normal and do you think the detroit lions can capitalize on something like that because i'm not putting no damn asterisk by you know we have this crazy football season with no fans or or maybe a, a changed up schedule a little bit and we go out there and win 10 11 ball games and make a little bit of a playoff run or do even more damage than that that i'm not apologizing one minute for that there's not gonna be oh yeah the lions they made that run remember that crazy year of 2020 where everything was haywire uh-uh we're trying to go out there and win football games. So anyway, I got to catch my breath, everybody. We got to take a break. I'm going to come back. I got a couple things on the back end that I'm going to throw at Grifka. And then I'm going to see what he's got. Does Grifka have, does he have the, the gumption? Does he have the energy? Does he have the ability to come at me and, and match what I brought here in the beginning of the show? Or is he going to give you that same monotone, half-fake DJ voice that he gives you every other time on this show and these lame Lions takes that anybody that you know has been watching the team for any amount of time or has two sets of eyes could tell you about half these players? I mean, we'll see what he's got on Friday. I told him he better bring the noise. We'll, we'll see. So, everybody, we'll take a quick break for our sponsors. Please check them out again if you listen to the the ads, it really helps us. If you go check out those sponsors, it helps us even more. And again, we just appreciate you listening to the show. Please hit that subscribe button. Please give me a follow on Twitter at Derek Oakry. You can find Grifka at Grifka DKC. And uh, like I say, here on the Kool-Aid cast, we come to you on Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings. And you can also check out the new podcast that I've been trying to uh, not trying. We've been developing it week by week, day by day over there on the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network um, called Believe in Lions, which drops Monday mornings where 
half the time I got the mic solo to rant and rave like I'm doing now or just straight up talk football with you guys. And then the other times I got guests on, like Logan Lamarandier coming on once a month. I got Paul from Tampa. He comes on and talks free agency. He's always got a conspiracy theory or a joke or some goofy take that he's going to give me uh, once a month when he comes on. And who knows? Got got some other guests, maybe some co-hosts, maybe some former Lions uh, that may come on there before you know it. So cool things happen over there. So let me take a quick break. I'll be right back to tear Grifka up for another little bit after the after the sponsor break. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back from the break. I know you guys are missing that off the top. I, I changed up the beginning for you. I know you you like it when I bring that Mason-like intro, like for the Detroit Pistons, when we're going with the 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 ballers from Detroit. Ben, you know how that used to go. I mean, I try to give you that sometimes off the top with the D. Detroit Kool-Aid. Um, but anyway, en- enough enough kidding and joking around. Let- let's get down into this. Grifka, this is some things you can sink your teeth into. I know the beginning of the show was a little haywire. It was a little off the rockers. I'm sure you probably couldn't keep up. You probably got a scratch pad there. You've been trying to keep up with my takes. How do I respond? What's he even talking about? Grifka, the second part of the show, you're going to be able to process. I mean, I know you're an intelligent man. You did pretty good on the Grifka Wonder Lick. You always tell everybody how smart you are. You read all these books. Half the sayings you say no one's ever heard about in their life half the things you do nobody would ever do in their life i mean i give you two grifka bells just for that uh, those gimmicks that you pull out on the people and you like to say things aren't well i don't know they're not that great i mean can, can i get another one people grifka likes to say things are not that great well grifka this is going to be great for me and for you, because I'm about to tear you up again, but I want to talk about player extensions. There's a couple players up that need extensions for the Detroit Lions. I'm going to tell you how this is going to go down. I want to hear your opinion. You better come strong with this. So the first player on the docket that needs an extension is, I don't know if you've heard about him. His name is Kenny Galladay, uh, KG, the absolute beast, the quiet beast, the, the guy, uh, number 19, that goes out there and makes plays, just a silky smooth, big athlete. He scores touchdowns. He catches the football. He's been big time since he got drafted by Bob Quinn in the middle of the third round. For all you guys that want to go out and say Bob Quinn doesn't draft well or doesn't find players. Yeah, he find a, he found a guy named Kenny Galladay who's balling out. The NFL has him now in the top 10 of receivers 
across the league. And this guy needs some more money because he's only making about a mil this year. And he's made less than that his first couple seasons or more with the Lions. So we need to get this guy extended. Me and Griff have talked about this in the past. I've kind of explained my man love for Kenny in regards to, uh, you know, again, I didn't peg him in the draft. This isn't one that I had on the tip of my tongue, but didn't take me long. Maybe about, you know, first few games where I was like, this guy's going to be special. I've said it here on the podcast. You go back and listen to one of our first shows. I think it was me and the big Hughes. We talked about Kenny Galladay for probably 20 minutes on the show. And I said how he's going to be the number one. He's going to ball out. This is two years ago or whatever, maybe even longer. And he's fulfilled all those, uh, all those things I said about him. So when you're talking about an extension, when we're talking years and dollars, I mean, this is where I get hung up. Grifka knows I, I like to, you know, get cheap, cost-controlled football players. That's why I love the draft so much. And I don't like to overpay, but I'm not against paying guys that are in the prime of their career, guys that have earned it, and guys that are um, – have plenty of football left. So I'm more than fine to extend Kenny Griffka said on, I think it was a couple of shows ago, you never want to keep, uh, you know, a good football player around. Okay. You just let everybody go. Yeah. I let golden Tate go. Cause he's 30, 31 years old and wanted 10, $12 million a year. Yeah. I'd let, uh, you know, Quandre Diggs go as much as I liked him and as much as I used to call him, I don't know, a dog because he was a malcontent and because he didn't really make plays anyway. You saw him running over the running past the football, missing tackles. Oh, yeah, he'd come up and hit you in the mouth every now and again or a tip ball would find him like it's been doing in Seattle. But I mean, he's not a guy that you can't replace. And oh, yeah, I'm going to let Grifka's boy, the guy who he shook his hand, the guy he talks about every day on the show, the guy that Grifka would have just kept all these guys around and paid them whatever they wanted, as well as brought in Antonio Brown for $10, $20 million a year. More like 20 I think, is what he wanted to pay him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let Darius Slay go because he, he can't shut his yapper and because he wanted what? What they pay him? $18 million a year for four years or something over in Philly? No, thank you. I mean, we went ahead and got rid of him, got Okuda for five, six million bucks a year. Probably end up being not only a better player or as good of a player, but you're not going to hear the garbage out of him. He's just going to play football, which is what we want. So, um, you know, excited about that. Let's get back to Kenny. I'm just going on these tangents because I know Grifka can't keep up with any of the heat I'm bringing right now. But I'm sure I'm going to laugh at a couple of things he says come Friday. So extension for Kenny. Where I'm at is like, I want Kenny here for another four years, maybe five. Um, my high end is 15 mil. My low, low end, which I don't think he would go for or they could pull off is, is, is in that, you know, 10 to 12 range. I mean, I think because Kenny's such a humble beast off the field, he seems to be in prime physical condition. Are there other receivers that are faster? Yes. Are there other guys I like better when it comes to catch and run ability? Yes. Are there guys that are crazy route runners better than Kenny to some degree? Yes. But Kenneth Galladay has all those things. And I feel like he's the type of guy that deserves, you know, good money. I'm not going to pay him, you know, top five in the league. I mean, he's earned a good amount, but he hasn't earned that. So where I'm at with Kenny is like for four years, 15 million bucks. So four years, 60, 
you know, is, is the kind of extension I'd like to do with a guy like that. It's a lot of dough. It's a big raise for that guy. But I think the next four years, he's still be on the uptick. He's still going to give you uh, touchdowns in the red zone. He's still going to give you plays up over the top. That will be exciting. And uh, he's just got a lot to bring to the table. Really good face for the city of Detroit, too. Like I say, just his mentality and what he brings. So four years, 60 mil, a lot of that guaranteed, you know, over half of it guaranteed. Make, get a couple things in there for the Lions, just help to protect them in case of injury or in case, you know, he doesn't fulfill what he's been doing the last few years, which is up, up, up. So uh, that's where I'm at with Kenny Grifka. What do you got? Like, I know this is outside of your realm, Grifka. You like to talk a big game here on the Kool-Aid cast. You like to say how you know everything about the draft, yet usually you just listen to me regurgitate or say I agree with you. You like to pretend you're this big GM or this football um you know, savant, yet every time I talk to you about player contracts, you, your your response is, he's a good football player. He, he'd help the Lions. And then I, and then I say, well, are you going to pay him like 15, 20 million dollars a year? Sure, why not? <laughs> that That's Grifko's standard response to almost any decent player when we bring him up and say, like, would you bring him to Detroit? Is he a fit? And then he has to hear me like break down, you know, why you got to be careful with the contract or why the guy's over the hill or why it doesn't make sense for the team. <sighs> so I'm keeping Kenny around, no doubt. Four years, 60 plus million dollars. Um, wouldn't mind to doing that type of deal. Now we're going to move to one of Grifka's favorites. And we all know who that is. That's Taylor Decker. That's our left tackle. That's the guy the Lions also took. I think it was in the, where'd they take Taylor Decker? He was... He was in the 20s as well, 18, 20, somewhere in that range. Um, seemed to be the best player on the board. You know, again, another Lions draft where everybody was saying the Lions would take Taylor Decker like three months before. And then, of course, they do come draft day. I mean, Ohio State product, you got to hate that if you're a Go Blue Michigan fan. But he's come in here and played decent football. I mean, Grifka likes to beat him up the couple times you see a guy go around him. I mean, I'm sorry Taylor Decker can't be perfect over there at left tackle, Grifsky. You freaking waffle maker. But uh, I think, um, gosh, I think he's I think he's more than above average over there. I really do. I've heard some stories that he's the alpha in the room. When you're talking about offensive line, he's the leader of that group. The Lions really like him. Uh, I can't, you know, I don't have any issues really with what uh, what he's brought to the table. I, I would like to keep Taylor Decker around, too. I know a lot of people say, well, you know, you could probably get an upgrade. You could probably... What? You're going to go spend your first-round pick next year on a basically just replacing a left tackle? I mean, you could do that, and you could probably get, you know, a premier player if that's really what you want. But what would be nice is to keep... Um, Keep Deck over there on the left side. Hope Hal Vitae is decent to good over there on the right side. Your middle year line you just invested in. And roll with that. So, I mean, Taylor Decker, it's hard for me when it comes to money. I mean, I know tackles make crazy money. So, I mean, I'd like to get Taylor Decker probably at, you know, that 12 to 14 range. I mean, can I get him for that for three years? You know, maybe five. I mean, that's that's pushing it to me. Um, but offensive tackles do play a long time. So if I had to go 12 million for five years, I mean, 
you know, left tackles are more up in that 18 range, and it always seems to go up. But I can't pay Taylor Decker 18 to 20. I just can't. I, I really can't even pay him, you know, 17 to 15. That's still almost too much. I'd probably have to come up with a different plan at that point. But if I can get you from 12 to 14 mil, three, four, maybe five years, I, I'm going to do it, man. I, I like this guy's mentality. I like what he's done for the team. He's going to get beat from time to time, but it's not going to kill the football team. And, uh, you know, I think he's kind of what the Lions look for in a tackle. He's not he's not going to blow you off the football, you know, in the run blocking. He's going to be pretty decent in pass pro. He's going to get get speed beat around the edge. He's going to get bulldozed a couple times. Grifka acts like he's going to, he's going to pull the old, uh, what's the, uh, let me get the bell out for this. What's, what's the old Reggie white move? Yeah, it's a Reggie white for you, Grifka. I fit that in. There's another bell for me saying it twice. The, the old, uh, the old minister of defense when he hit you with that hump move. Yeah, Grifka, I just brought up like a night, early 1990s reference for you. That was even before I gave a crap about football. I, I, I was back too busy watching Jordan and the, and the bulls and all my family hating me because they couldn't understand why I didn't like the Pistons. It was like, cause there's this guy named Michael Jordan, who's the greatest of all time. And probably one of the most fierce competitors of my lifetime. And, uh, I just could not help but watch that guy. Um, Anytime I got a chance. So, um, you know, yeah, Taylor is going to get hump moved. He's going to get bull rush. Some of that stuff's going to happen. But as I always say on this show, it's all about the body of work and the, the majority of plays. The majority of plays, are you sitting there just going nuts at home saying how bad Taylor Decker is? Or are you... Don't even notice him until the one or two times or maybe like five, six, ten times a year when when he has an issue. I mean, I'll live with that all day, every day. So, Grifka, you got to give me some numbers. I got to get some years. I got to get some dollars and cents from you on those two football players. And to close out the show, I want to do a couple um, hot takes or a couple over and unders, a couple prop bets here. So, Grifka, my first one is DeAndre Swift. Oh, Baby, uh, the guy they took in the high second round, me and you were proponents of running back. I mean, I'm always a guy that says, man, yeah, I'd love to wait till the fifth. But if the Lions want to put it to bed, they may have to use a first second round resource to get this put to bed. They did. They went and uh, got a guy at 35, DeAndre Swift. My over-under for you is Grifka in his rookie year. I, I already know your answer, Grifka. Like, I don't even know why I'm asking this, but I'm going to give you my take. DeAndre Swift, over 1,000 yards. I mean, of course I'm going to say over 1,000 yards. Yeah, I know he's going to split time with Carrion based on health, you know, if they're both healthy. Yeah, I know they're going to use him sparingly to some degree. But 1,000 yards in the NFL is like averaging 66 a week, somewhere in that range. And then when you go off and you get 120, 150, whatever it may be, like, you can get that. You know, I, I see DeAndre Swift getting over 1,000, also getting some receiving yards, and putting the ball in the paint a decent amount of times, too, for the Detroit Lions. And his rookie. I know you're going to give me the old... Well, crazy. I mean, you know, rookies sometimes take time, and you know, it's probably he's probably gonna be a great football player. But in his rookie year, I've gotta give him, I don't know, maybe like 400 yards and two touchdowns, and uh, maybe he'll catch a few passes. I don't know, maybe 10 passes. I mean, that's my best Grifka impression, everybody. Like, how did I do? That's what he says about every player. He sets the bar super low. One, because then, like, if they're no good, he can be right and he can talk about it for the next multiple years. If they're good, 
and they blow that out of the water, what does he care? Because then he's happy because they're doing good things for the Detroit Lions, which is this team he pretends he likes here on the show, um, even though he's, you know, Eeyore, you know, about 75% of the time. So, yeah, I'm putting DeAndre Swizzle over a 1,000 and some catching yards and some touchdowns. Grifka, tell the people why I'm wrong because I know you're going to do what you do. Next one, Trey Flowers. We got to talk about Trey Flowers. Sacks, Grifka. This was the guy. You loved him. Grifka, you loved this player <laughs> when we took him. I mean, you, you, you were fine to pay him. You thought he was just going to be a sack monster. The minute he didn't start out sacking the quarterback, was getting over a shoulder injury. You quit on this guy so quick. You like to rag on him any chance you get. Yet you also will throw in the caveat. Oh, he's, he's, he's good. He's a good player. I'm glad to have him. But when this guy doesn't get, you know, 18 sacks his first year, you just you, all you do is complain about it. Over and under 12 plus sacks for Trey Flowers in 2020. Grifka, you know this is gonna happen. You know Trey Boy is 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 up for a big year here in uh, 2020. I mean, I gotta tell you. I mean, just let's just pour out a big glass for me. Drink it in. Uh, drink it in. Uh... Drink it in. Uh... Trey Flowers making $18 million. I damn sure think he's going to get 12 plus sacks in 2020. I mean, that's that's one every uh, couple games, a couple with the, you know, two. It's, uh, you don't even have to get a few a sack in, in multiple games. and You can still get to 12. So I think that's going to happen. I mean, I think he ran his way into, I can't even tell you what he had last year. I'm, I'm sure he was... You know, eight to ten, and a lot of pressure somewhere in that range. I could be wrong about that, but I think twelve plus is where you need to set it. He's not going to get you up, you know, eighteen, seventeen plus, or twenty, plus, you know, in that range. I mean, that's craziness. But Trey Flowers should be good every year for ten to fifteen type sacks or some some disruptions, ball out type plays. So that's what I'm expecting from him. Let's see. Let, let's give you two more here, Griffith, for you to chew on. How about this guy? I'm gonna say I'm gonna save that one for last. This is another guy that you you seem to agree with me on the show. Hold on, let me get the, let me get the bell out. Everybody knows I like to hit that Grifka bell the minute he either repeats my take and pretends he he said it, or when he uh, yeah I just cut him off and say so. Basically, you agree, and he agrees with me. Um, so Grifka, I think you'll probably agree with this one. I got this hot take right now, Tracy Walker. We like to call him T-Walk here on the show. I dubbed him 747 when he was wearing that 4-7 jersey until he moved to my favorite number in football, 21. Grifka, Tracy Walker in 2020 is going to be a pro bowler. Yeah, and I'm not talking about a 7-10 split. I'm not talking about a 300 game. I'm talking about a pro bowler in Hawaii, Tampa, whatever warm weather city they run that stupid event these days. Tracy Walker will be there. He's going to take a big leap. You know, I know it's a popularity contest, but I think he's going to play so well, and he's such a freaky athlete and has such a cool mentality that I think he's going to get put on that team either as an alternate or as voted in by the fans or the players, whatever it may be. Tracy Walker is going to be in the Pro Bowl um, in 2020. That's a bold take. I don't see anybody else that sees that coming, but I think that's going to happen. Grifsky, what say you? I'm throwing it to you on that one. Can't wait to hear what you have to say on Friday. And let's let's finish it up with this, Grifka. You've heard of this guy. I think deep down inside you love this guy, even though you try to pretend and hate on him on the show and, and go on these big diatribes. Let's talk about 
TJ Hawkinson. Griff, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a tight end. We took him at number eight overall in the draft. Griffka, I'm here to tell you, we're putting the over-under, the, the kind of range right now, for TJ Hawkinson's touchdowns in 2020, between 8 and 10. Yeah, you heard me. 8 touchdowns and 10 touchdowns, with the chance to even go over that. So I'm talking double figures for the second-year tight end out of Iowa, the guy that can catch, he can block. He looked smooth in his rookie year. He also looked timid at times after the injury. I didn't see the dog in him that I wanted, but heck, I saw a lot week one when he blew up against Arizona. You had nothing to say when you came back here on the show. And then as he kind of didn't get the football and dwindled, you piped up every other week after that and ragged on the guy when you had your chance. And I came on and said, what the hell? Get the ball to TJ Hawkinson. Like, what are we doing with this guy? Um, I think you're going to see a much more concerted effort to get it to him. I think defenses have no idea what the lines are going to do. They could throw it to Marv. They could throw it up over the top to Kenny. Uh, they could hit you with Danny underneath. They could uh, run the ball with Swift, carry on. And, oh, yeah, they can throw it up the seam. They can throw it on out routes. They can throw it on over crosses to TJ Hawkinson. And he can do some big things. So I'm super excited about this offense as a whole. Eight to ten touchdowns, Griff. I know you told the people he's going to get oh, 300 yards and a couple touchdowns, and of course he did because he what missed four or five games, whatever it was, and then you bragged about how I told you so. See, the rookie tight end, they never do anything. Yeah, if you'd have told me he's going to miss four or five games, have a concussion, and they weren't going to use him at all, I probably would have. What I again is rare on the show. Agreed with you, but um, of course you spin it how you want to spin it, Griffka. I've torn you up here for at least 30 to 40 minutes. I brought the heat. I've been entertained the people, I think. I've talked football. I've get, given them some hot takes, some 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 Detroit Kool-Aid-esque opinions. Drink it in, uh... And that's what the people did. They drank it in. They drank that Detroit Kool-Aid. They know the Lions are back for a comeback in 2020. They know we're going to play football regardless. They know that we're not going to win three, six, seven. We're going to win eight, nine, ten football games, be in the playoffs, probably get a a home playoff win. I think I told somebody today on Twitter. It's going to happen. This is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This is Team Oakry. You can find me, again, at Derek Oakry on Twitter. Please hit subscribe on our show. Please share it with a friend. We have fun. We joke. This is a totally different show normally than we do, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Team Oakry, remember, if we put that poll out, give me the vote because you know Griffka ain't got no fire. He ain't going to bring anything on a Friday. He ain't got no juice to, to do what I just did up to him for 30, 45 minutes. He can't entertain you. He can't bring the knowledge. He can't bring the hot takes. He can't bring the positivity. He can't serve up the Detroit Kool-Aid like I just did. So take care, everybody. I'll check you again next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.